You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Jinta. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of RX Radio. Uh, this is a really special episode. Good sat down with a good friend of mine, Kyle Trainer, owner of Elite Vitality, it's a turnkey business solution education platform for business owners uh, in the fitness industry. Primarily, Kyle's mission, um, he just does good and does well, as does his coaches. He allows coaches to be able to operate and help more people. The meta impact this dude has is off the charts. Um, you talk to anyone that's worked with Kyle and the family he has of trainers and coaches and clinicians worldwide wide it is really second to none kyle goes over his steel in the walls program which is an introductory intensive i don't want to say crash course but it can be to those who are uninitiated or uninitiated to real business operations goes over branding goes over cash flow goes over intelligence three week long course two modules a week taught live by the man himself i've been the benefactor of of kyle's um sort of guidance over the last couple of years since we met and it's been invaluable. Me and Kyle are on the phone together um, at, you know, once, twice a week minimum and have been since we met. Uh, incredibly insightful and compassionate dude. Guys, I can't recommend this enough. Prescript coaches, you guys get this for free. So if you're listening and you've been in the Prescript Level 1 program, we are going to put this up in the Facebook group and through email. So do check your email inbox for this. A great conversation. And if you haven't, do check out Kyle's podcast as well. We'll put all the links in the show notes. While you're at it, guys, um, a lot of you are aware of the explosion that happened in Lebanon uh, on August 4th. Some close friends of mine um, have a gym that luckily is still standing, but has, uh, has undergone uh, extensive damage, a measurable loss. Uh, everyone is safe. So Nicholas, Shiva, uh, Nick, uh, uh, Tofik, Tarek, Mo, um, all the guys out at Barbell House in Lebanon. We've started Lifters for Lebanon, which is a charity. If you go to the show notes and you have some change to spare, um, would be great to see some donations headed that way. We started this. We're at about $5,000 already. The gym was within a kilometer of the blast, which I'm sure you guys have seen by now. It was um, quite, quite extensive. It's being it's being called the third largest explosion in history. Um so needless to say, uh, there is there's a lot of cleaning up to do. They're already back in the gym training amidst broken glass and shattered windows and, and you know, things just completely decimated. So there's something to be said about that level of passion and character. So guys, help um, help out kind of, uh, you know, the, the family over there in Lebanon. They've been very good to me over the years. Uh, they were the beginning of sort of me traveling around the world. Uh, so forever in debt to Nick and, and the family at Barbell House. So it would, mean, it would mean a lot to me if you guys could head over there uh, and whatever you have kicking around, maybe you don't get the tub of protein this month and, and you kick some over to the boys over there in Lebanon. I know it would be greatly appreciated uh, and it would be greatly appreciated on my end as well. So without any further ado, guys, we're going to let Kyle do his thing. Talking about steel in the walls, do go to EliteVitality.net and register. Level 1 coaches, keep an eye out. It's going to be in the Facebook group. You get this for free. Three Three weeks, two lectures a week, intensive on cash flow, branding, and intelligence, the pillars of real business, not Facebook ads, not any of this nonsense, um, stuff that actually works and, again, allows you to do good and do well. Um, 
So guys, I hope you enjoy the episode. Again, we're looking lifters for Lebanon. Uh, the GoFundMe page is going to be linked in the bio. And then, of course, Elite Vitality vitality.net and we can register for steel in the walls there well worth the money guys i do hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you guys next week one of the things that i've like i've learned on the business end so much from you and we talk almost on a weekly basis and have for almost since the day we met but the one thing that i think the highlight of this will be because you're no stranger to this podcast you're almost a co-host at this point with the number of times you've been on or i've been on yours uh is is the applied principles, right? Like, cause it's, it's a hard space, you know, especially in the fitness world, but you, you in the business world as well, like, you know, in, in, in theory, there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice there is. I just want to, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite quotes and just listening to a little bit of preamble and banter and chatting with you before understanding, like, you know, how even just the steel in the walls course itself is an iterative process. That is something that's constantly being refined. And then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, the concepts that that course sort of highlights and, and why it's sort of a missing link, especially in the fitness business sort of world. But like that, all that stuff is well and good. But I think the biggest takeaway from learning from you from a business perspective is just watching you grow your own business and being like, oh, okay, like the iterative process is something that, you know, a lot of people will refer this to like the Bruce Lee principle, right? Fear not the man who knows 10,000 kicks, right? fear the man who's done one kick 10,000 times right and it's like here we have you know you've you developed the steel in the wall course and now every time you do it it's an iteration it's the same kick right it's the same kick but you're practicing and refining it and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong and I'm starting to see that now uh, and, and steering myself away from that is just the idea of iteration and practice so like what was like you don't get an intro by the way Hi, Kyle. You, everyone knows who you are. Like, what was the what was the inception? What was like? What was the catalyst? Like, what would? Where did you see like product market fit for bringing something like this steel in the walls course to an industry like like the fitness industry? Yeah. So it's it's honestly COVID, man. Like COVID's been an accelerant, right? And 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 my opinion is this: is that COVID has just brought forward anything that was going to happen in the next five years for everybody, for every industry, everything that was going to happen is just happened now instead of five years later. So, you know, and, and what I mean by this is, and, and honestly, like you can look at the stats now, me and you've been talking a little bit about this, but you, you can kind of look at the stats here and go, you know, Fitness Australia last week put out a, a post, which was, you know, 70% of business owners wouldn't make it past um, one month without stimulus. So without, you know, um, money from the government which means that, you know, 70% of our industry would close down. Um, if stimulus stopped today, they would close down in a month, which, like, that's that's alarming in itself. But, you know, I honestly, I preempted this. And, and I don't say that to be cocky. It's like, you know, when we <laughs> when, when we entered COVID, I had a decision to make and, and everybody had a decision to make. But my decision was, okay, you know, from where we're positioned as a company in the industry, what what do we do? Like, what, what's our next move, right? And I honestly remember this basically two weeks before we went into lockdown, I sat there and had this conversation with myself in my backyard and I was sitting there and I was, I was laying on the grass with a pen and paper and in the sun and I was like, okay, so like what's our next move? And when I started to see marketers and, and kind of, you know, 
what you know, ninety percent of the industry who call themselves you know business coaches really they're just marketers, right? Like that's that's the fucking problem we have. In the, that's one of the problems. But I looked at them and I go, okay. And I've seen a lot of these like care packages and like fucking just like things going out. And I'm like, this is not the problem right now. Like this is not the issue. The issue is that nobody knows how to keep money. Nobody knows how, nobody knows how to play defense in their business. Like, you know, I often think that a lot of people say they want a successful business, but really what they chase is financial stability. Right. And, and that's the initial. That's like, you know, there are people that once they get to a certain stage, they want business growth. But really what most people want when they come to me is some type of financial stability. Like, you know, that's honestly most business owners in our industry just want to be able to do what they love for a very long time. Right. And, and that's that's the that's the, at the core of what they want to do. Like I often ask that question. You know who here and i in the course right we, we i go who here wants to sell their business in the next five years crickets no nobody has plans of selling their business why because again they're not they're not looking to just make a quazillion dollars right like people actually love what they do in our industry and they want to be able to sustain that and do it with freedom and flexibility and and that allows them to reach their potential as a coach so it's okay i'm sitting there and i go what does our industry actually need? What's the thing that isn't sexy that's actually going to deliver and start to raise the standard of business owner in our industry? Because that's what it's about, right? Like deep down for a very long time, I've known that the standard of business owner in our industry is just poor, right? And, and it's because there's a lack of education on business out there. Everybody wants to teach you how to make money, but nobody wants you teach, to teach you how to keep it, Right. And that's the that's the problem that we see is that you know we've got you know most people try to fix financial problems with marketing or growth, and it just doesn't work that way. So I sat there, and then a conversation that me and you had, I think, on a podcast that we did like year, you know, it was one of our first ones. You said the term to me, "steal on the walls," and I was like, for some reason, I absolutely fell in love with it, and 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 I just like. You know, anyway, I was like, well, there's something, I don't even know why, but it's like, okay, this is in my head. This is the first thing that comes to mind. It's like, there's no steel on the walls from a business perspective. So then I, I actually researched it, right? And, and it come up and it, it's actually started talking about how houses are built. And the thing that actually, you know, the, the core definition or the core kind of goal of using steel in the walls when building a house is um, earthquake resistance and um flexibility of a design right so so then i was like in my head i'm like ding 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 we're about to go through a fucking earthquake right <laughs> and the one thing that most people struggle with is they actually don't have the freedom to reach their potential as a coach or a business owner their decisions are always compromised so then in my head i'm like okay steal on the walls steal on the walls and then i started to just map this out and i go look like, what are the things that uh, app that that skew our judgment the most? What are the things that that uh, have the biggest impairment on our judgment? Um, and the first one was cash flow. It's like that's an easy one. Like capital allocation, um, and then the fact that you know most people are compromised financially. They're not working because they can. They're working because they have to. Uh, you know, if, if they if they you know if if something happened to them tomorrow and they had to take a week off. It, they wouldn't be able to do it. 
So then they're, therefore they're compromised. And that means, you know, we can actually start to look at the second and third order consequences of these things and go, okay, well, if my decision's compromised, when Susan comes in and Susan's not my ideal client or she's not the, the client that I really, I want to start, I want to deal with in my company, like, you know, there's probably someone better suited and am I actually going to get her the best possible result, which is a direct reflection on my company or am I just taking her on because she's, 70 bucks a week into the bank account. Um, and that's some, there's something to be said about that. Like, I think that's a mistake most people make. Like, it's like revenue is always the target. And it's like, yeah, that's not the measuring stick for success. Like, that's the short-term play. It's like, you're always just, if you're always just topping up your revenue, then, um, and you're not turning out like world-class results, then you're never really progressing. So there's comprom like it, it is compromised decisions. And then, you know, what I really come down to, what I, what I really kind of found when I, when I actually start to build these concepts out is that judgment is the, you know, like we're, we're playing on deep, if we're playing defense, right. And we're, we're looking at steel on the walls as your, as your defense in business, we need, like there's the quote, the best, uh, sorry, the best offense is a great defense, right? Like that's the quote, that like, you know, championship teams are built on defense. That's hands down. Any championship team built on defense. And then I started to look at, okay, how does our offense actually get better from our defense? Like, how does that actually, what's the dynamic there? And, and that's, it's because judgment, right? It's, it's my, it's my judgment as a business owner is, is like my precursor to offense. If I don't have great judgment, then my offense is always, you know, running in the wrong direction really, really quickly. Um, or, you know, I, I just make, you know, bad decisions cost me time and money. Good ones make me time and money. So it's like, that's what we're looking at there. That's why judgment is that core piece. So the inception of it was going, okay, like I'm not just going to fall into the trap of selling what's sexy. What's, what's a true representation of my brand and, and what we want to do in this industry and the legacy we want to leave. And then what, what are people actually missing right now? Like why are people, you know, I started to see people suffering. You know, and that's the truth. And, and that's the, the saddest thing about this is that I really started to see people suffer when, you know, uh, they started to, to see the, the bad news coming through from, uh, you know, within the, the pandemic that, you know, fuck, it's, it's kind of going bananas right now, right? But this was right at the start. And I said, you know, what, what is the problem? Like, is the problem actually that, is COVID actually doing this to people or has it just accelerated the problems that people would have faced in five years? Um, and our, our industry is, and we can see that now, back then I didn't know this, back then we didn't have the Fitness Australia stat, but, you know, <laughs> I can go back now and say, this is definitely a problem, right? And it's a systematic problem. Yeah, like where our goal as a company is to create better business owners across the board. Because why? Because that means a better industry. That means that our industry as a whole raises, raises the standard. We start to change the industry for people that come after us and and if we're not doing that then what really why are we doing what we're doing if we're not trying to make this a better industry for people that come you know after us in 20 to 30 years time and we're not pushing the needle forward for for everyone as an industry then i shouldn't be in business yeah and i think adopting that that legacy mentality is something that it's it's you know looking forward to look back right like looking looking ahead to see how you'll be kind of remembered and i think a lot of people can exploit i think it's a low-hanging fruit when it comes to like exploiting an industry that doesn't have like a solid foundation in business principles because you can 
you can extort the fitness industry for exorbitant amount of money without a whole lot of actual uh, like skill in the field, which is a crazy thing to me. Like you can't, you can't become a real estate developer unless you know what the fuck you're doing. Right? Like you can't make money in like flipping houses or, you know, any sort of uh, development or anything like that. If you don't know a thing or two about real estate development, you can get very far just knowing like basic sort of, not even basic fitness principles or business principles. You can get by with this, like a rig that sort of looks good, an Instagram account and a PayPal button. And like, you can make a, like an honest living. So it is, it's so concentrated or so rather it's so saturated with people who really aren't here for the legacy play. But you know, if you start to look at some of the giants and I think this is, this is always an indicator to me of someone of how invested someone is into anything they do is do they know the history behind it? Like if you know the history behind something, it's shown that you have a, a respect for your field. Like you have a respect enough for those who've come, come before you. And then you look to leave a legacy in the same way where people are going to pay homage to you in your field. Like I, I always do this with strength coaches. I start listing off strength coaches that I think are, you know, some of the pioneers in the industry, like, uh, you know, Andre Benoit or Charles Poliquin or, um, Buddy Morris or whatever. And if I see fucking eyes glass over, I was like, you're not going to be here in 20 years because you didn't know who was here 20 years ago, right? And it's the same thing with like in, in the business space. It's like if you don't know some of these principles that are like, you know, classically proven, it's like you don't really know business. Like you said, like you just know marketing. Like the word cash flow, when you said the word cash flow to me one time, like the, the thought in my head was like, like someone at a strip club just like making it rain. I was like, I don't think he's talking about that. I was like, I should probably, I probably, I probably don't know anything about, about business. Like it's just sort of marketing. What do you think is the biggest or has been historically when you go through and like you can kind of assess now we've done steel in the walls uh, in, in a couple of iterations, what has been the number one takeaway or topic or pain point that when you get to it, this is what grips the most people? Like, what is the biggest blind spot in our industry from a business perspective? Uh, it's hard because, I, I mean, I, I think those three core pillars are, like, that's, that's what I think they are. Like, I think, you know, and what I mean by that is branding, intelligence, and cash flow. Like, these are the things that everybody skips, right? It's like, because, you know, we're not, like, the, the problem with Instagram, right, is that, like, and this is honestly, like, our business grows on word of mouth. We don't, you know, very rarely do you see us putting up saying, you know, we've made um, this person a million dollars and like come join our program. It's just not how we roll. Like, you know, ours is going to be this illustrious club that is like nobody knows about. Why? Because it's like that's the problem, right? That's the actual biggest problem in the industry. Everybody wants to teach you how to make money. Everybody wants you to fall for the trap and, I'm going to make you a million dollars in like three hours or like whatever that is. And, and again, that's like everybody wants to play offense before they, they've played defense. It's like, you know, again, at, as a kid, right, you get taught how to throw the winning touchdown. Like, you know, that's what you do as a kid. You kick the winning goal. Like you do all these things. And, and that's like that's, that's you as an infant. But, you know, once you get to like some high level of sport or like even just like as an adult, you understand that like, if you don't have a strong defense, you're not winning the championship. It's like, if you don't have strong culture, if you're not winning the championship, if, if you, you know, and, and all these other factors start to play into it. And then I actually trained, like, 
I think that's our biggest problem is like you've got people who are in their infancy in business who are just trying to go straight to offense. It's like an, an offense is marketing, offense is growth, right? And, and it's, the problem is if you play offense without a stable defense, you just become tired, frustrated and, and busy, you know, like, and that's the biggest problem is like most people don't, they get busy. They get really busy. And even if that's like, that's them, you know, having some success. And then like, you know, most trainers will tell you that they don't think they can sustain this for the rest of their life. And it's like, why? And again, it's because they're playing offense without defense. So I think the biggest problem and the biggest blind spot are these three pillars. It's like most people want to go to marketing without a brand. It's like they don't know the story of their business. They don't know the philosophical meaning behind their business. They don't know the philosophical meaning about their own life. Like, you know, this is this. This is the thing. Is like, you know, you want to you want to have a brand. You got to put in the work on yourself over and over and over again. Cash flow. You know, like most people again are trying to fix their their financial problems with marketing. It's like again because it's it's much easier for me to go. Yep, it's marketing. Leads is my biggest problem. You know, that's that's the reason my business isn't growing. And it's like, yeah, look, I, I disagree. It's like I know plenty of people who make, you know, a, a it, this is all relative, right? But it's like that don't make a heap of money that are still very financially stable and actually, you know, um, wealthy, right? It's like their, their wage doesn't determine their wealth um, ever, right? And it's like there's something to be said about that. And I think cash flow is definitely like the, the one that everybody struggles with because it's both psychological and analytical. Like it's, it's, it's such a dynamic beast, Um you know, that I think, I think like branding is something that not enough people spend enough time on, but I think cash flow is the one that people struggle with the most because this is something that's handed down to us. You know, this is a, this is like culture. This is family. This is ancestors, you know, this is our ancestors passing this down to us. So to break that and to actually change that, you know, like I often say with myself, you know, I, I really struggled with money for so long, especially in the first three years of my business. Um, and it was purely because I never had any guidance in that area. And I just, I literally just, I got handed down this relationship with money, which is the one I got from my mom. You know, my mom was a single mother. She did a great job raising us. Like she's my fucking hero. Um, but in, if she didn't meet my stepdad, she wouldn't have like, she, you know, she, she was like, she, and she was a very successful woman making a lot of money, but she never knew how to keep that money. Right. So it's like, I got handed down that. So if I didn't put in the work on myself to change that and take responsibility for it and understand that that's autonomous, my relationship with money is like, it's autonomous. I, it's, it, I don't get a say in that unless I choose to have a say in that. Right. I have to, I have to first of all, admit that I'm not in the best place because I don't know something and I'm wrong. Like the hardest thing to do in life is admit you're wrong or you're not in that you're not doing something um, uh, in the right manner. But cash flow is such a dynamic kind of beast that because it's like you then have to, first of all, get your relationship with money in the right place and then you have to spend time on it and understand numbers. Like most people are scared of numbers, right? Like it's, think about it. It's, you can even tie this back to training. Like why do why don't why does like seventy percent of people go into the gym and just fucking train without having numbers there? It's because they don't want to be held accountable. Guess what? If I fail, I don't. There's nothing there to hold me accountable. The numbers hold me accountable, and it's like you know if I go in there and I've I'm meant to hit a hundred and you know eighty kilo squat a PB or whatever it is, 
right? And I'm meant to be hitting that and I don't hit it. I then have to go back and look at why I didn't hit that. And then guess what? Usually it's because you fucked up somewhere along the line, right? And then, you know, for me to accept that and even going into a meet, right? For me to then look back and if I, you know, let's say I come second, right? And I come second because I didn't hit my final squat which is a number that based on everything, all everything that we've been through, I should have hit. It's a preparation thing, right? And, and think about it. There's two types of people in this world. There's the people that go back, take a really good hard look at themselves and say, yeah, this is why it happened. And then they come back better and they make sure they've done it. And, and again, it's not the fact that it's what that matters. It's the fact that they go back and take a good hard look at themselves. Or you've got the person who fucking blames like the shoe or something, you know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's my fucking shoe, like, you know, you know, and, and it's like, there's two types of people in this world, and that's, it's much easier for me to put blame outside of myself, and I talk about, this is cash flow, it's much easier for me to neglect the numbers and never look, right, because as long as I never look, I never really have to accept the consequences, right, and that's the biggest problem, it's like, you know, it's much easier for people to not look and, and just neglect it for their whole life because then they guess what? As long as I don't look, I'm, I'm not responsible. As long as I don't look, I never really have to accept the consequences, right? But there's a big problem there. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things, right? Like cash flow is definitely the blind spot for most people because there's a, first of all, there's a systematic problem with there's a lack of education. Now, whether that's purpose on purpose, you know, that's, a, that's done on purpose. I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to point the finger too hard just yet but there is a systematic problem with people not being taught these things as they enter um, the kind of world of business in the fitness industry but then there's also you know to have success at anything you have to you can't just you know you can't just run away from your problems you have to accept them and the the the, the more frequent you admit you're you're not you're wrong or you're you know you're not putting in the work or and you're not confident right the consequences get smaller, right? It's hormesis. Like this is this is the thing. It's like if we sweep the cash flow um, problem under the under the carpet, you know, continuously, it grows into a big fucking problem, and then eventually it costs you ten times the amount of time and money that it was going to cost you if you dealt with it in, in there and then, right? That's the thing. Sit down and look at your cash flow every single week, and I, I guarantee you, you don't ever have a big problem. Sweep it under the rug and then eventually it hits you. And and the other thing with sweeping it under the rug is it's it then becomes a subconscious burden, right? It's it's this it, it actually starts to then that's it, it was autonomous and then it, it just gets worse, right? It's like it's it becomes this burden and dictates your decisions without you even knowing, right? Like think about it. If I have no idea where I'm sitting from a cash flow perspective and Susan comes in, you know, we talked about Susan before, and Susan comes in, like Fuck, I'm, sell- I'm, I'm, I'm selling her. I'm getting her in no matter what because I don't know what tomorrow holds for me. I don't know what my, my position looks like because I, I'm too scared to look, right? So then it's my cash flow and my relationship with money directly affects my coaching business, which is, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they don't make that connection. They don't understand that business and, and coaching are very much integrated into this one system. It's like most people like, yeah, like you can't, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like some of the best coaches, the smartest guys in the world are out there saying that the key to being successful as a personal trainer is like being a great coach. And I'm like, yeah, 
you can keep telling me that, but you try out science, you try out science, a bad relationship with money. You try out science, fucking a lack of business knowledge. You know, you, you're not reaching your potential. You're not going anywhere unless you get this stuff under control. Yeah. And I just think the, it's so misguided to, to default to hard work which is, I think, something that a lot of people will do. Like, you know, the reason you're not successful is you don't work hard enough, which is kind of a silly thing to think about. And I think a lot of time in the fitness industry, we try and equate output with input, which is which is really kind of a, like you said, like I know plenty of wealthy people that don't, like they don't need to keep like a very giant machine running, right? Like they understand these first principles. And it's funny to just, you know, watch the, the, the iterations and the growth of like elite vitality over the last couple of years to see like how it, it always starts with personal development and really what you're doing when we start to talk about, uh, when we start to talk about branding and brand strategy, we start to talk about cash flow, we start to talk about judgment, intelligence, like all of these things are just vehicles to reach people and really kind of challenge them and their personal development. Like whether it's the relationship with money, which, you know, to me is something that, you know, like you said, is sort of autonomous. It's hardwired. Like, you know, it, it's like, I was the kid who would like be at soccer practice in the parking lot and everyone else would be driving away and I'd be standing next to my dad because our fucking car wouldn't start. And I'd just be like, well, this, this sucks, right? Like, oh, the old Pontiac 5000 won't start again. Like, we're going to pretend like we're going to go practice some more until all the, all the cool kids leave when their cars that work. And it's like, I grew up with like a really weird, and people who had money, like, were not bad, but like, you know, there was like almost a resentment around money. And that's like a really common pain point for people. So people just learn to not look. Um, and a lot of the looking is like, yeah, you're looking at the numbers, but the numbers are a direct reflection of your behaviors, right? Which is, it's, I think it always, like you said, like it always comes back to that. And then whatever vehicle it takes, like, and sometimes the vehicle is training, like actually just training in the gym, right? Like training can be a great way to kind of open that window into personal development. So that's what I like about those, those strategies and like, or those, those three touch points that you cover in the course is that each one of those the the root of each one of those is at the level of the individual so like the a lot of the the practice is like a lot of the work you have to do is really like just on yourself and like starting with the awareness like like you said like when people don't look at the numbers like what is that well it's it's a it's a willing it's a willingful blindness to their to like their own reality when it comes to money and it's like well, how you do one thing is how you do everything. What else are you willfully blind of in your life, right? So it's a pretty interesting, like, and then knowing like a handful, well, fuck more than a handful of coaches that have gone through like both mine and your programs. Like, look, here's, here's the tools of the trade from a technical perspective, but then here's the tools of the trade from a business perspective and just seeing like the amount of personal development that comes out of like, oh, fuck, like I got to look at the books. Like I got to look what's coming in, what's going out. Because a lot of people, what they do, especially in the fitness industry where, you know, things can move quickly. And, and I suppose that's true in any business, but people scale their lifestyle and scale their problems to the equal scale of their business. And then all of a sudden it's just like, they're in the same relative position just with like a bigger bottom line. Yeah. And, and I mean, I actually, so I did a podcast last night with Austin and, and Lukey. So um, there was like a, it was a late night one because, dynamic we actually talked about this right and it's like bigger isn't always better like and, and one of the quotes that sticks with me is the world belongs to the fast not the big and 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 for me that just talks about how to, you know your ability to adapt is is key but your ability to adapt to adapt and and again 
think about it adaptation right it's like my ability to adapt to adapt is directly reflected of my judgment you know if my judgment is poor then i don't adapt and that's the problem like what happened when covid hit like you know think about it if 70 percent of people are fucking you know not gonna their business is not going to survive past one month it purely means they had the inability to adapt why maybe because they didn't track their cash flow maybe because they had no idea where their, their company was positioned maybe you know when it was time to adapt like the big one with adaptation is intelligence if you're tracking the metrics of the your key outcomes in business you know what's getting you a great return which means it's easy to adapt like you want to know what made it, it made it really easy for us to build steel on the walls and then offer it for free right and the reason we offered it for free is not because like we wanted to get as many people in as we could it's because we believe this information is foundational and we want this to be in the hands of as many people as possible because right? it makes our industry better that's why we and but the reason that we could do that is because we had cash in the bank and guess what because we we looked at our intelligence and we knew based on the key outcomes and the key metrics we track in our business this was the right move to make right and just think about it it's like if you have apps you know the thing right and this is just a prime example let's say you run a podcast and you go the podcast is what gets us the best return out of every platform in our business when covid hits you double down on the podcast right you double down on what's getting you the best return in business but the problem is you know you can think if you don't have a brand then you don't know that's your guidance tool for decision making that's what allows that's what tells you what's right or wrong from a brand from a, a decision making process so you know for me to go out and then start talking about marketing and ferraris when covid hit yeah my brand says that that's not what we're talking about so i'm not going to do that intelligence then goes okay so what is the decision we need to make and the strategy we need to implement and then my intelligence says how do we actually start to uh, export and communicate that strategy to our audience and then that is what take that is adaptation in motion and then cash flow is how much capital can i allocate to that strategy right to get it off the ground and what freedom do we have from capital in the bank to actually really go gun hole at this right and and you can see now how that that system directly allows me to make a decision and judgment is you know we only know good judgment from looking backwards right so so i can't actually you know i can only say that that was great judgment because i can look back and say that was a good call right but that doesn't help us in the moment so what does help us in the moment is the system that is steel right and then again like i put a fucking this is like a three years of work that's just hit me in an epiphany on one day right but that is like you can see how all of a sudden that the dynamics and the integration of all three of those allows me to make better decisions which pay me dividends down the track yeah i think a couple of things to highlight there is when we talk about intelligence in the fitness industry there are people who I love, and we're, we're both kind of influenced me heavily by like sort of the reading list that you drop on my, on, on my desk once a week. But like, I love, I love the quote from Naval Ravikant. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Like that to me is like, there's nothing, because when we talk about metrics, we talk about statistics, we talk about, you know, garnering and harvesting this intelligence to make better judgments, right? It's, 
the people are looking at likes and they're looking at subscribers and they're looking at followers. There's a guy. Uh, so I, I work. Um, so I have a friend of mine, Ryan Fisher, and um, he's been on the podcast a few times. And he was putting me on to uh, a guy that he was hanging around with, bigger in the fitness industry. But like, I look at his following, and it's like fifteen thousand. Which you know, if we're looking at this as like a KPI, we're not looking at our bottom line and really getting you know hard numbers as a as a as a marker of our intelligence, like the intelligence to allow us to make. Uh, better judgments in our in our business this guy with fifteen thousand followers does are you ready for this five hundred thousand in revenue a week this guy's making a million a fortnight usd right so it's like and i think people get too lost in the um like in the dopamine race of the, the social media and they start to conflate social capital with actual revenue Right. And then that's like one of the big things. And, and the second thing is those three principles, like you need, once you have two, the other one kind of figures itself out, which I think is like, and most people are just running around with one, right? Like most people are just running around with, and I think of like, I use the same comparison when I talk about like bracing in the squat, which is like kind of a weird parallel to think, but there's three components to a brace, just like there's three components to this, this strategy of like, you know, you need to have, you need to have your, intelligence you need to have your brand and you need to understand your cash flow right like those three things like just some people when they brace for a squat they just try and use their air and their diaphragm it's like that's not going to hold up like, i always think of like a stool with three legs right like what is going to if you're going all in on one of these legs you're going to have to take a few you know napkins or your wallet and jam it under what's holding up those other two legs right like is it is it, are you holding yourself up by your cash flow cuz you're just like so like growth focused right are you just trying to scale your business and all your other problems that you're oh i have a branding issue oh i don't have a brand strategy well i have cash flow so then i i have to go into marketing and and go through paid spend right i have to cuz i i can't reach a market cuz i don't know what my fucking brand is right so here i'm taking from this leg i'm trying to wedge underneath right and it's the same thing when we start to think about like intelligence like you know oh um like I, I have all I have all this metrics, I have all this data. But again, if you don't have a brand and you don't have cash flow, you can't act on it, right? So each one of these, I think of that like shaky stool at the at the at the end of the bar where someone has to come in and start propping up different ends to make sure it balances out. It's like you need to have you need. I I think you need to have at least two, and the, the the third one will sort itself out, or at least then you can allocate your time or energy or resources to figuring out that last one. Like if you have good intelligence and you have your cash flow in order, you can then take the time and focus on the development of the brand and really understand what that is. You have enough defense, like you said, to now be able to afford to fix this last problem. But most people are coming into it with just all in on one of the, and they don't even realize it right? until you lay it out for them and be like, here are, the, here are these pillars. When they see that most people are standing on one leg, Right? There really is this one leg of this thing that's holding up their whole business. And then when something like COVID hits and time just goes into, into this compressor, and like you said, just takes five years of what was going to happen and well, frankly gives you a gift and goes, look, here's five years of consolidated problems in four months. Yeah, I, I think as well, like one, one, thing, um, one thing I will say is like, I, I get asked this question a lot and, and it's like, okay, so how do I know that I can then start to transition to, um, offense from defense like how do I you know when's the right time and it's like you know I go you're really looking at this the wrong way think of defense like paying rent right it's like 
you, you know, once it's done, you've got to keep doing it. Like it's not something that once it's done, you can just move forward and, and all of a sudden it's, you know, you can just start the sexy stuff. It's like, you know, nobody, no, no team sport plays offense, plays defense, then offense. You know, they're playing them both at the same time, right? This is a dynamic game. Um, and the only way that you can truly win is by never taking, you know, never, never really leaving these things behind, right? Never, never stop playing defense. So it's like you've got to have the ability to do both at the same time. And that's, that's something that I will say is that, you know, you can lose this at any time. Like, you know, your brand can fall behind at any time. Your cash flow, if you don't look at it for two months, it disappears, like, you know, your judgment is impaired. Right, so think about it. If judgment really is the key piece that we're trying to achieve, we're trying to improve that and move the needle forward from you know integrating and, and kind of systematically um, practicing and and kind of working on those three elements. Then, if I stop them at any point in time, my offense actually gets worse. Now, you know the reason I say defense is that it, you know can you truly become your most creative and innovative self? Right when your decisions are compromised, when you're not playing defense. Like if you don't have good judgment and your decisions are always compromised, you, can you truly be your most innovative and creative self? Now, if we're actually going to say, well, what's the root of all offense? Like how do we actually have the, the offense, right, which is, you know, um, growth in a sense, leverage, it's scale, then what we actually have to start looking at is that I actually can't like, you know, what's I, if I ask you this question and say, well, what's the number one thing that's allowed you to get to where you are in business? I, I guarantee you, right. It's your ability to sit down and write the, um, the, the amount of content that you do or not the amount, the quality, right. It's like, can, can you actually do that unless you have those three pillars looked after now? Uh, my argument is, is I don't think you can, right? I think this is the thing that holds people back the most is that, again, they're trying to, they're trying to grow straight to offense without having this there. And then they wonder why they're, they're, you know, they're either always highly stressed, they're frustrated, they lack time, they lack creativity. Like that's a big one. A lot of business owners feel lost, right? So they might have this wonderful strategy, right? This, this beautiful strategy that they think is going to change the world. And it's like the slam dunk that's either going to get them a million followers or a million dollars. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work and then they're lost, right? And it's like, oh, now what, right? And again, these, these core principles in defense that we talk about, like they are your guiding thing so that when this big strategy doesn't work in offense, you just, instead of having to go back to square one or you're getting lost and not knowing what to do, it's a small step to the left. Like it's a little pivot and then you keep going. And, and, you know, you said something earlier on that I think is like, it kind of reiterates that point is that like, it's a continuous game. It's like, you know, you're, you're consistently growing. When you're growing a business, you're not like you ask anyone who's had any form of success at all. Nobody has a big break. Like no, nobody all of a sudden it just happens overnight. Like, you know, like this is just fucking day in, day out doing this shit for the love of it. Like, you know, like you, you often think like, you know, when you have these inception moments, right, where you maybe write a, a really cool course or something like that and you're like, yeah, this is it, this is the one. And then all of a sudden you realise like, yeah, I've got to keep doing this. And and, and then, you know, the, the beauty of it is is that if you're truly doing something you love and and I'm lucky enough to say that I found what my love is, is that I, I love business strategy and the psychology of business strategy and, and the psychology of business really. 
Um, and that's why I just chase it. Like, I, you know, I'll never stop doing this. You know, I'm, I'm, and I, I love this. But this is no, there is no such thing as an overnight success. And I know that you see the memes and all these things pop up and, like, you know, people, like, it's like this hard work thing. But it, it's not really about hard work. It's just about consistency of doing the things that you should be doing. And it's about it's it's about not neglecting your problems and and not being not not running away from the things that scare you, but actually facing them and 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 looking them square in the eye, right? Because when you look them square in the eye, right, you can actually deal with them. You know, no longer that are they a fear. They're no longer the boogeyman under the under the bed, right? They actually become your best friend. And you know, I was talking to uh, uh, you know, so Toby, who's the owner of Creative Cubes, we did a, a podcast interview. And he kind of said this thing, right? And he's like, you know, um, I, I, this guy's like, like you got to really put yourself in this guy's shoes for a second. Um, and he has five locations, like amazing buildings. You could just imagine the pressure this guy's under. And he's sitting there and he's like, you know, when, when this hits, I'm just rubbing my fucking hands. You know, he's like, I go, this is it. Like, this is... If we, if this is the challenge and like, this is what I'm in business for. Like he actually said that to me and I'm like, look, I'm sure that underneath the hood, this guy's under a fucking lot of stress, but that is really what a business owner is. Like these are the moments you wait for in business when you're truly in business for the love of it, for the legacy of it. Right. And if you're not just trying to make a quick buck, when these times hit, it's all, you know, again, it's the same thing. When you get to the platform, all you've got is your body of work. All you've, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing today. It matters what you've done over the last six months, right? And that's the that's the bottom line here is that you're, all you've ever got is your body of work. So when you're in the moment and you maybe want to run away from that thing that scares you or you want to sweep the cash flow dragon under the rug, you've got to ask yourself, in six months' time when I reach this point of absolute black swan stress, this random event that fucking is here to absolutely test me, Am I willing to look back and say that I have or have not put the body of work in because that directly affects the decisions I make in the present moment? And those decisions are my judgment. So as a business owner, if you're not practicing these three core principles because they scare you, in six months' time when you are faced with a challenge, that's when it really matters. Yeah, and I think the thing that gets lost in that is the compounding effect in the positive, right? Like, and I think once you can, once you can understand it and apply it, and you can use these strategies to overcome a hurdle and you realize at the other end of six months how much further along you would have that you are uh, like than you would have been if you didn't kind of face that you know the the dragon of like rather than sweeping it under the rug then all of a sudden i can see where someone with like and i've been to cubes like they're incredible spaces and i think in, in in such high demand with like the current workspace like if we want to talk like product market fit like i think a business like that is so smart right like it's just it, i i could only imagine the stress but to be able to sit there and lick your chops in a situation where it's like hey no one can go anywhere where there's a lot of people like oh shit my whole business is people coming in but like that just tells me look this guy's gone through a decade of you know problem after problem after problem and in the, in the compounding responsibility that it takes to handle it, because five locations, how many people are dependent on that guy for a job, right? Like and all of a sudden it's, not, it's bigger than you, right? And that's the whole point. You should be doing it. Like if you're doing it from a legacy perspective, it will be bigger than you, right? And when it's, you know, when it's, you have staff and you have people on contract that, you know, can't, won't deal like, it's like, I can go to sleep 
And if I don't have enough money, I can sleep outside. I've done that before. That's fine. But I can't go to sleep knowing that I'm responsible for someone else's reason that they sleep inside. Right? That'll be what keeps me up at night. So to hear a guy with you know a five physical locations go like, I'm excited, that tells me a decade-long story of someone who's reaped the benefits of facing down problems in the moment because that's a big fucking problem for someone that owns five brick-and-mortar locations that like, mm-hmm. technically can't be open. South Melbourne, right? Like that's that opened in Feb, two weeks before COVID hit. That is at least like a fucking two million dollar fit out, like three million, just a fit out. That's not including rent or anything, right? Like, and and that's that's the level of business this is, right? But it's like that in itself is like, could you imagine that, right? You've just put your absolute all into something, and this is location number five, right? So it's like number four, sorry, and and there's another three in the works. So like. This guy is a killer. He's just like, you know, I look up to him as, as a mentor and, and kind of have some really cool conversations with him. But, man, like, you know, this is, it, it's just like, that's, I mean, I, I was sitting there, like, I was about to, like, I wanted to run up and, like, full chest in, like, at the end of it. Like, there was that kind of conversation, right? But it's like, man, if, if like, and that's the thing that when I look at it, I go, like, that's what business is about, man. Like, and, and this is the thing with branding, right? Like if you actually build a brand, the brand is more than you, right? And that's the biggest mistake people make, right? If you if you skip the branding phase, you're, you're, you're completely running a business for selfish reasons, right? The legacy doesn't exist, yeah? Like the legacy to make this industry a better place doesn't exist without a brand, right? Because the brand is never built up around you, you know, like, a Levitality isn't about me, you know, Prescript isn't about you. And it's like, that's, you know, we are a, a vehicle to, to, you know, and a mechanism to help um, express that brand. But, you know, I, like, uh, you're, you're 100% right with what you said. It's like, and, and I think that's a mistake that people make, you know, again, it's like offense without defense. Well, it's like, okay, well, you know, if you're not actually putting time into your brand, I can guarantee you that, when the times get tough and you don't have a brand, that means that you're you're going to default to everything being about you, right? Like, oh, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough this. And, and you fall into the victim mentality absolutely autonomically, right? Because you don't have that brand there. Like when, my, when we go into tough times, right? I can guarantee you, when I'm sitting there writing steel on the walls, I'm not thinking about my own backyard. I'm not thinking, not one part of me sat there right then and said, like, there was no app, there was no selfish drive there. I thought, holy shit, I've got employees that I have to look after. Holy shit, I've got 60 members sitting there that I now have to absolutely stand up for. If And, and I have to make sure, because guess what, if I'm not standing up, they're not surviving. They're not getting through this. I'm the leader. I'm, I'm Mel Gibson at the front with my face painted, fucking charging, and they're sitting behind me, right? And if I don't stand up right now and I don't, you know, truly start to fucking stand up and absolutely charge, chest up no matter what, and do the right thing, i got, you know, nearly 70 to 80 people that absolutely perish, Right? And that's that's the that's what that's what happens when you build a brand. Like I, I'm no, and that's the thing. Like think about it. Our greatest feelings and memories in life are when we do things for other people, 
right? It's, it's when we actually, like, you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling that when you do something for someone and it actually fucking changes their life, you know, like that's, that is when we're at our best as humans. When we're at our worst is when we're very, we become the victim and we, we make everything about us. And, and the biggest thing in life that I've learned is that I am fucking speck in the ocean, mate. Like I am, you know, I often think about this and it's something that I learned through meditation in Sam Harris, but it's like where, you know, I'm not the center of the universe. I see the world through that lens though, because that's, that's how we're built. You know, we can only see out into the world. We can only, you know, we are, we, we think about it. If I, if, what I see is that I am the center of the universe, but someone else exists, right? And the fact that someone else exists tells me that I'm not the center of the universe. And when you realize that, that is the absolute most liberating thing in the world because no longer, no longer do I make life about me. No longer is, you know, am I cons- consistently just thinking about, you know, how life affects me, but I actually start to realize that, you know, the world really doesn't, like, you know, nature does not give a fuck about me. Nature is this beast that does what it does for the best of humanity, whether it's good or bad for you. Whether, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't care about you because guess what? It's this beast that does the best thing for the world, right? And there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. But that is when you're at your best. And that is what building a brand really is all about. It's building about something that, makes and takes the industry to a better place and it's about making people's lives better it's about incorporating what you do into someone else's transformation right and we're not talking about transformation overweight to six-pack abs we're talking about giving someone a sense of meaning in their life and then making their life you know something better and helping them achieve something greater and helping them reach their potential it's funny. I often, I do this all the time. I go on Google maps. Cause like, I mean, I'm always, I'm always every, like I'm always everywhere at nowhere, which is kind of a weird thing. I go on Google maps. And I tell people to do this, just start scrolling out until the map stops you. And you realize that like, you're just a tiny little red, even overstated red dot. And it's like, it's, it's always a perspective shift for me. Like, so when I get too far into my own head, I literally go out and I did this the other day. I literally was on my phone and we were driving up you know, A1 Bruce Highway up fucking northern Queensland. And I just started like pinching the screen and just started scrolling out and then scrolling out. And then, then you can see all of Queensland. And then you start scrolling out and then you see all of Oz and you start scrolling out and then you just start scrolling over and you're just like, oh, all right yeah. then. All right, back to work. Shut the fuck up. Like you don't, you don't. And honestly, one of the best quotes we we had Alex Viata, who's like owns uh, Complete Human Performance, and he's like an ultra marathoner, only person to ever deadlift seven hundred pounds and run two Ironmans. And like he was telling me the story once where he was in the desert and like basically his body was shutting down, like cramping, like systemically cramping from his calves up into his quads, and once it got into his visceral organs, he'd pretty much be dead. And he just repeated to himself as he thought he was going to die that no one cares. And to him, that was like the most liberating thing. It was like, no one cares. And then he's like, well, then why am I doing this? He says, cause I must, I must love to do it. If nobody gives a shit that I'm out here, like I must care that I'm out here. And that was enough. And like, you know, you mentioned like, you know, having meaning in what you do, that was enough for him to like have enough meaning to keep going. Uh, 
he's on some crazy double Ironman or something. But I think it's the perspective shift that comes with the awareness of those three things in business, especially will allow you to have the impact that, cause you know, when no one really, especially in the training space, like in the fitness industry gets into it to make a ton of money. I don't think that's our driving force, right? Like our driving force is the other people, right? It's a really unique business where it's entirely face-to-face, well, you know, face-to-face digitally now, but it, it is, it is, in, it is intended to help other people. It is, it is a virtuous profession. If you, if you let it be right where a lot of people don't have the awareness around these three pillars and they end up just sort of chasing their tail and, and doing something or doing something in a way that they never intended. And it's a trap, right? Like that's the thing. You get trapped into that and forever go through that cycle or you can choose to slow down for a second and, and do what's right rather than not do what's right, but you know just do you know, go through the process. Like be willing to stop for a second and put yourself through things that are tough and painful, right? For no other reason than you can. And when you when you that's like probably the most liberating part of you know, my, my life is that when I realized that, you know, cause I was in that trap. Like I've, I've really got to say that is this, I was in that trap for a long time. Um, and the most liberating thing in my life was when I realized that it's, you know, I, I can, I can do something about this and it's bigger than me. Like, you know, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's these little moments that I look back on and they just remind us of, you know, this isn't about me. You know, this is much beyond me. Like, you know, my, me reaching my potential is helping others reach theirs. Like that's, that's the thing that I consistently just tell myself, like, you know, my ability to reach my potential is why I fucking put in the work day in and day out. It's why I meditate every single day. It's why I haven't not had a cold shower in three years. Now, whether or not it actually plays a massive role in my success, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's a big part of me and the story I tell myself, which is me reaching my potential. It's like, well, does it play a role? Like, maybe, but that's not what it's about. It's about me going, okay, well, I'm going to do everything I possibly can because if I don't, these guys and the people I deal with on a daily basis may not reach their potential. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. It's like if I can sit there and, and go through this every single day, it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I might get a little bit tired sometimes. You know, uh, you know, things times might get a little bit tough, you know, but I'm in a pretty good spot. Like life's not that bad, you know. There's there's over a you know a million or you know however many people that would kill to be in my position right now. And the more I tell myself that, and the more I understand that it's not about me and what I do has really little to do with me at all. Um, the more I understand that, get up, keep going, don't stop. Yeah, I think that's that's the takeaway message right there, man. Um, so steel in the walls. Give us a little bit of insight as to next intake, how they can get a hold of you. Um, where they can register, uh, what the course entails, and then I'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. Um, thanks for that. August 31st is our next live intake. Um, so uh, basically the, the course goes for three weeks, so it's, it's intensive. Um, you know, you've got to show up. It's not something that you can come in and trot through. It's like you've got to show up. Um, there's a workbook that we give out which takes you through, which I know that sounds pretty corny, but it, it's kind of got all the tools that we've, created in there and and at the same time as learning the principles you'll be applying those principles to your very own business and 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 learn how to make decisions using uh our, our three pillars which is branding intelligence and cash flow um so it's six lectures two lectures a week as well as an assessment at the end of the week as well as making sure that your your workbook's done and um we 
within our assessments, we we are we are pretty um, pretty strict on it, right? So it's a hundred percent pass mark for everything because you know the business world doesn't allow for anything less. Like ninety nine percent just won't get you there. Um, so if you are interested in it, um, there's a link in my bio. Uh, you can just head over to, or you can head over to elitevitalitymastery.net, um, and you'll see a, a little button there, and it says "See on the walls," and you can click through to that, and you'll be able to kind of um, read the information on the courses, hear from other kind of trainers and um, clinicians that have been through the course, and and kind of some of the results that they've gotten, but also some of the things that they learned. So um, we're excited for it. You know, we. we it is a passion project for us. It's it's something that I love teaching because I can, you know, you can actually see by week three just the impact it's making on people. It's like I often talk about it like people being, you know, like it's like a blind person putting on glasses for the first time, you know, like it's it has that effect, which is really, really cool. But, yeah, August 31st, um, reach out to me if you have any questions. I'm, I'm an open book with it. Um, but apart from that, you know, like that's that's basically it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna do like an intro for the episode as I always do, and I'm gonna do it while you're not around, so I can pump your tires. But you know, you've been a, you've been integral in personal and professional development in my life, and continue to be on a week on almost a day to day basis at this point. The way we communicate, um, and you know, when I met you, I was I, I had a kitchen table that was um, a piece of lawn furniture. And I was living in someone's backyard, and well, I'm not doing that anymore. So we're we're doing a lot better. So I I can't I can't sing your praises enough, man. You you continue to help me and and everyone else that elite comes in contact with. And I think steel on the walls is 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 a good is the best starting point for anyone really looking to take their business seriously and taking themselves seriously as a business owner. So I, I can't recommend it enough, guys. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, do follow. Kyle on social media, I'll put both of the links for Elite and his personal account on there as well. Dude, thank you so much as always. I'm sure I'll reach out with a question in the business field within the rest of, or before the rest of the day is out. Um, so thanks so much for your time, man. I appreciate you uh, continually um, you know, lending us your insight to RX Radio. You're, we, we should almost have a column or a segment for you. Um, you've been on so many times, but I appreciate it as it's enlightening every time. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. And those feelings are mutual as well. I, I learn a lot from you um, and probably a bit more as well. Um, oh, so get out of here. All right. Now I get to, I'm going to record an intro now and I'm going to say more nice things about you. So we, we, we're not going to have this back and forth. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. See you, brother.